Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 insightful informative irreverent we're ready the wall street business network presents rob black and your money your source for breaking news market updates and successful investment strategies for the 21st century sounds like a great program getting you to retirement in today's market so let's get on with the show taxes family finances insurance the economy technology media and entertainment rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 800-516-1220 to get calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm going to be doing an event this weekend in San Jose. I call it Money 101, all things financial. It's for people who have never ever gotten involved in the stock market, who have never ever figured out insurance. It's for married couples who are afraid to talk money. Um, good debt, bad debt, 401ks, taxes. Um, you could always learn something. In the afternoon, the group uh, event is going to be called Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. So Money 101 is in the morning from 9 to noon. In the afternoon, it's 1 to 4. That's uh, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. You want to be tax efficient. You want to make sure you don't run out of money. You want to, you know, Social Security benefits. Uh, I'm going to teach you some of the things, like some of the scams that you want to avoid. Um, annuities, for instance, are way oversold because it makes the broker a ton of commission. A ton of commission. I'm going to teach you some of the tricks that, like, there's a radio show that I've heard out there on a different station, on a sports, uh, no, on a Republican station. And I think it's one of the most vile human beings on the planet with the advice that he gives uh, people. And he pressures them, uh, makes them feel stupid for not doing what he's doing. Um, And he's horrible. He's a horrible human being. Somebody actually, you know, talk about things like that. So, and Chad Burton will be there as well. The event is at the Four Points by Sheraton San Jose Airport. I get there a little early. Uh, it's you know, Parking's always an adventure in life, and finding places in hotels, always an adventure in life. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Markets are kind of on the weak side. They opened higher, but kind of traded sideways. Um, I don't care about the day-to-day move in the stock market doesn't do anything for me. I care about the stories. Uh, the stories this year, obviously, Europe weakening, uh, the euro weakening on monetary policy stimulus from the European Central Bank, China weakening, and China's crazy. Honestly, I, some days it looks like China's uh, administrators are going to make things tougher, and the next day they make things easier. So they're easing. Um, global stocks aren't the bargain that they appear because of the weak oil. Um, you want to see oil firm up. 
Hewlett-Packard announced today that they're going to sell its Snapfish photo sharing site to District Photo, part of the computer maker's plan to refocus operations that splits into two. Snapfish works with retailers to help consumers store, share, and print photos online. District Photo is out of Maryland, handles digital print for business and other customers. Terms not disclosed. But doesn't that feel like a 1990s deal finally coming down? Um, at the event this weekend, I'm going to go over some of the stocks that I hold personally. Um, today, bird flu is hitting. Iowa, the top U.S. egg producing state, has found a lethal strain of bird flu in flocks of millions of hens at its egg laying facility. Some of the names to keep an eye on, Hormel, Pilgrim's Pride, Tyson Foods. Yes, they will have to slaughter many a chicken, but that will cut down the supply, and thus the demand will be easier to price for them. Um, so companies like Buffalo Wild Wings, which obviously sell chicken wings and yum brands, um, could be hurt, having you know being forced to pay higher costs. Shake Shack plots a California expansion. They're going to open up a new location in Los Angeles next year in West Hollywood. Uh, that is a publicly traded company, and when you go from 30 stores and you eventually go to 100, your revenue may go from let's say it's a million at each store, 30 million, to a billion and um, 100 million. Uh, and then you go from 100 stories to 1,000, and then you go from 1,000 to, well, you, at some point in time, you hit too much, right? Uh, Verizon's earning, and Wall Street loves the revenue story. They can sell that. Verizon's earnings topped expectations amid stronger competition. Wireless carriers added, uh, they, Verizon added 565,000 customers. It added a lot of TV customers, too, for their Fios. I think Wall Street cheered that. I did. Uh, I don't own any Verizon directly, but I think it's a great dividend stock if you're looking for dividend stocks. Target did something that pissed off customers, and that's actually a great sign for business. They sold out of designs. So their latest designer collaboration, a company called Lily Pulitzer, very preppy prints, was a smash hit. Um, Pattern shift dresses, couch pillows, beach towels, uh, coveted by younger people. It's an iconic Palm Beach style, 250-piece uh, collection, limited edition. And people lined up for the stores, and they were basically sold out by the time people got into the stores. One of Lily's brightly colored shift dresses regularly sells for $198. Target, uh, the Lily for Target shift was about 40 bucks. People feel like they're getting a great deal. Target did really, really well in the early 90s by bringing in um, designers, and forgive me for getting this name butchered, Isaac Mitsurazzi, um and others uh, that brought people that, that differentiated Target from Walmart. So shoppers began lining up at Target stores hours before they opened, and the sheer amount of web traffic crashed the retailer's website multiple times. Uh, people are posting on social media. I'm incredibly disappointed in you, Target. Shame on you. Shame on you for selling out of towels. I've done a lot of shameful things in my life that I'm not going to admit to right here, right now. But um, I don't know if that's a shaming one. Um, Target has proved that it still rules the roost when it comes to creating buzz with you know, designer collaborations. Mark Jacobs, Oscar de la Renta, Diane von Fostenberg. Uh, designer collaborations like the Pulitzer Line are important to Target, not just because they add much to its $73 billion a year in sales. 
they, they actually barely dent it. But because they're essential for the discount mass merchandiser to be able to maintain its cheap, chic cachet. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Under Armour just beat on revenue expectations. And they talked up Jordan Spieth winning the Masters, which he only wears their clothes because they don't have clubs. Nike does. Um, I like both Under Armour and uh, Nike. Now, Under Armour pulled back 4% after announcing that they did okay. They reported better than expected first quarter earnings, um, revenue that beat expectations. The company reported revenue of about $805 million. expectations were about 802. Company's outlook disappointed some. They raised their full-year revenue outlook from $3.76 billion to $3.78 billion. Some expectations are as high as $3.82. Uh, Spieth had a contract with Under Armour that they tore up two years ago and turned it from like a five-year deal to a 10-year deal. Um, so they have to be incredibly proud of that. Any weakness in Under Armour I look as an opportunity to, to accumulate, not to say, you know, that's a, a deal breaker. I want out. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Big Business Expo coming up. Silicon Valley Chamber Business Expo 2015. It's coming up on the 23rd, 530 to 8 p.m. in the Santa Clara Convention Center. Free entry, but you have to sign up. Now, this is the difficult part. You have RSVP at tinyurl.com forward slash Chamber Expo 2014. That's tinyurl.com forward slash chamber expo, E-X, or chamber expo, X-P-O, 2014. If you need that, drop me an email. It's a tough one to remember, rob at robblack.com. 800-516-1220. Don't forget, I got a big event coming up in San Jose this weekend. Hope to see you there. Sign up at robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. KDOW is going to be part of a big money expo this week. Um, some people really like those, running around from booth to booth, talking to people, getting to know some of the businesses out there, doing a little bit of networking. You can find out more about the event by going to our website, kdow.biz. That's kdow.biz. Um, anything you want to talk about, we could talk about elsewhere. Uh, money, investing, and more. Um, the expo, by the way, is going to be in Santa Clara at the Convention Center uh, on the 23rd from 530 to 8. So it's an after-work kind of event. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton and I will be doing a seminar soon. You can learn more information about it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Let's talk retirement risks, Mr. Burton. What's your thoughts? What's the biggest risks in retirement? I think the the biggest three risks that people in retirement face are taxes, inflation, and uh, absolutely healthcare costs. Healthcare costs scare me the most because I'm not the healthiest person. Therefore, I'm assuming I'm going to be draining my retirement accounts a little bit more than the average person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, the problem. I, th- I think that more people realize the healthcare costs. I hope than um, than some of the other issues that really catch people by surprise. So, for example, when you see these online calculators, we've talked about this before. A lot of them are very poor or don't do anything in terms of estimating what your taxes are. And I'm seeing more and more people retire with the biggest bulk of their money where retirement accounts. Right. Right. So. When you pull a dollar out of that 401k, that dollar hasn't been taxed yet. I'm surprised you actually say that because I would imagine that most people's biggest bulk of their retirement assets is their house. No, your house is your biggest liability until you're going to model the sale of the house and live off the proceeds. Well, that, what I'm getting at, and you can disagree with me, we can Indian like Russell to find out the winner. But um, <laughs> I, I think most people, retirees that I talk to, and again, I'm Californian, um, have a lot of equity in their homes or did have a lot of equity in their homes and that was going to be their nest egg and not necessarily their 401k. So in order to tap that nest egg, you either have to do a reverse mortgage, which it's limited as much as the amount that you can take, you know, what, just uh, just under 300,000 in California and and depending on the location, it could be less. And that is not a huge chunk of change for retirement. So it's going to force you to make that decision. Where do you move? Where are you going to retire? Uh, in order to pay less taxes, what states have less income tax on your pensions? Social Security, if if you're a married couple filing jointly and one half your Social Security plus all your other income, including tax-free income, is over $42,000, 85% of your Social Security is taxable. So just can assume your Social Security is taxable income. Different states treat Social Security slightly differently as far as income, or different states treat income for retirees differently. Is that something you ever consider? Well, there's certain states that give breaks to pensions. Okay in terms of how they're taxed. Social Security is not going to be taxable at the state level. Um, so it's it's really an issue of looking at the state. And okay, let me retract the question. Income taxes for states treat retirees differently state to state. Yeah, uh, somewhat. Like somewhat. in the state of California, people that have a still have a mortgage and they pay for long-term care insurance yeah. tend to pay much lower in state income taxes because those deductions will carry forward right over the California return. And property taxes are something to think about in retirement. All these taxes are things that you need to think about. Think about sales tax is egregious in the state of California. Right. And all those things, when you're trying to do your projections on your own for retirement, which is a, the biggest life-changing event that you'll have, if you don't have a very detailed cash flow statement that includes your estimate of taxes, including figuring out how changing changes in tax laws, taxes are going to go up in the future. We can't survive as a country unless the budget deficits are dealt with. But senior citizens will have a free ride because they vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> right? Well, yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Um, with that said, I think the first 10 years of retirement more expensive for taxes and inflation, and the last 30 years of retirement, i.e. 70 to 100, more expensive for health care. Is that part of your formula at all? That like Once you hit 70, you're not moving. Most Americans aren't moving around. They're watching Jerry Springer in their trailer. Sipping on their, you know, one glass of uh, booze a day and uh, <laughs> just waiting to die. They're waiting, they're waiting for Jesus to come that, get them. Is that what you picture retirement as? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I see retirement as for a lot of people. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, a lot of times if people are way behind, they need to focus on increasing their ability to make money versus trying to pick the right stock. And My mom's a shut-in. Yeah? Yeah, she, so, I mean, she doesn't get out except for when her kids pick her up. Oh, it's a big life-changing event. Some people drive. need counseling to move into that next transition of life. So it's, you know, here, here's the deal. Taxes, you tend to pay less in taxes the first several years of retirement because you're not paying for FICA, right? That's right, right. That's right out of your paycheck. Um, but going into 
retirement, a lot of people spend more money in the first few years because of the, all the travel and the buying for right. the retirement home, the motor home, things like that. That all has to be figured in. Then you got to realize inflation cuts the value of a dollar and a half every 20 years. Okay. So healthcare costs, those are going up at 5 to 6%. So inflation is the other big risk we've talked about before. Um, healthcare, though, this is the big one that people forget to put in their projections. Let's say you retire at 60. You're on your own, no Medicare, till 65. Right. That's a huge cost. Anything else that we need to know? Um, you know, don't retire unless you have a detailed plan. A okay. detailed plan that includes a long-term cash flow, long-term projection on cash on your taxes, and a very detailed look at inflation. You can meet Chad at the upcoming seminar to learn more about that. Go to robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We do wealth preservation, retirement planning seminars all the time in the Bay Area, as well as some Money 101s on occasion. Find out more at robblack.com. You can find Chad at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So McDonald's, are they laying an egg or not? The fast food giant began testing all-day breakfast in, on Monday in San Diego. All day, the concept is you get a hankering for bacon and eggs at 2.45 in the afternoon. Boom. Can you say you're it, in. Muffin? The test hits 94 restaurants in the San Diego market. If it does well, they'll expand it, obviously, across the United States. It's really geared towards millennials. I'm not a millennial. I don't crave eggs and bacon at 6 p.m., but I guess someone does. Um, trying to balance the growing demands of consumers, particularly younger ones, uh, change agents not easy to come across. You don't want to anger franchisees with a failed program at a time. Sales are already shaky, and millennials are kind of pushing McDonald's out. I saw a survey recently that um, some parents won't take their kids to McDonald's because they're embarrassed. Now, the all-day breakfast actually will probably end up being a limited version of breakfast. Just throwing that out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I do have an event coming up this Saturday, 9 to noon, Money 101 at Four Points by Sheraton San Jose. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. We're doing a wealth preservation retirement planning from 1 to 4 in the afternoon. You can sign up again at robblack.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. At the events, I will go over some of my current stock holdings. Why? I'll also go over, I'll teach you everything you need to know if you're under the age of 45 and heading towards, like, what does my retirement future look like? Take a break here. Be right back.
I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, chief market strategist. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, interesting days we live in, huh? Sure are. <laughs> Your page one, which is the very first thing that I read in the morning, it quotes Maxwell the pig from the Geico commercial. Got to tell you, I love that. <laughs> Every time I see that little pig, I smile. So how did you pull Maxwell the pig into the stock market? Well, I smile too every time I think of that commercial. But I also realize just how insane it is to, uh, you know, think that there's a pig hanging out the window holding a pinwheel, you know, yelling "We" as the tired mom drives down the road. And you know, as I looked at what was going on yesterday in the in the market and how we bounced back so quickly from what took place on Friday, I just thought it was kind of insane, frankly. And I was trying to come up with some imagery that would sort of put that into perspective and. I kept coming back to that Geico commercial where you've got Maxwell leaning out just yelling, we, you know, we, over and over again, seemingly oblivious to everything else going on, just having a whole lot of fun. Uh, And that's kind of how the stock market's uh, behaving these days. It's just kind of oblivious to to everything, it seems, and just keeps having fun as long as central banks around the world keep providing uh, the fun with uh, new policy stimulus. That was yesterday. We saw something kind of out of China. Uh, talking about more stimulus and Wall Street just loves it. Or maybe that was Friday. Like some of these days start blending together of what is stimulus, what is not stimulus, what is easy and what is not. Yeah. But um, it seems to be worldwide. Does that take the power out of what the central banks are trying to do worldwide? Well, no, I think I think what we're seeing these uh, equity markets around the, the world, and uh, the, the manner in which they continue to operate is just that they, they remain wholly fixated on this promise of accommodative monetary policy. Um, now, the Federal Reserve, of course, has been uh, talking about the prospect of raising interest rates. It hasn't done it yet, um, and it continues to emphasize that it remains data dependent. And because it is, uh, the market here uh, still does not fear – uh, any type of imminent uh, rate hike. So it's kind of just riding this uh, policy at the zero bound for as, as long as it's, you know, worth, and it's taking it for a real ride. Um, because, you know, the underlying message from all of this, from these central banks around the world, is just they want, you know, people to be buying these risk assets. Um, they want them uh, to essentially achieve capital gains and ultimately to take those capital gains and start, you know, invest, uh, you know, spending them, if you will, to help uh, drive stronger levels of economic growth that would ultimately help drive employment growth and creating a, a more fortuitous cycle uh, that would then ultimately enable them to get out of this game of providing all this policy stimulus. Um, we haven't seen the commensurate pickup yet in the economic data around the globe, though, that would suggest these central banks can call it quits. Uh, in fact, many are, are you know putting their pedal to the metal, driving that car down the road that's uh, you know letting Maxwell just keep you know, screaming we uh, with every little thing that comes their, its way, whether it's good news or bad news, it's just all a lot of fun right now. And uh, and it's really becoming concerning, I think, uh, to see this um, heightened level of complacency, if you will, within the markets and kind of really just in um, uh, ignoring the underlying fundamentals of, you know, weak earnings growth uh, that uh, just hasn't factored in much right now. I'm not calling you a killjoy. 
because I don't think you are, but it's times you have to feel that way. It's People want things to always go up because that seems like it's expanding our 401k. Um, what does work over time is earnings. How are earnings going this season so far? Because I think we're pretty still young into it. Yeah. Well, per usual, they're coming in better than expected. Um, you know, analysts often cut their numbers uh, just you know, ahead of the re- actual reporting period. It lowers the bars, and then lo and behold, the companies come in and they report um, results that are ahead of those expectations. Uh, they might actually be below the original expectations, but the narrative becomes that the earnings are better than expected. Uh, the latest uh, data I saw at S&P Capital IQ um, showed that uh, S&P 500 earnings were running uh, down about 2.4%, I believe, for the first quarter, which is an improvement from the, um, I think it was a, a 3.2% decline that was projected, you know, when the reporting period started. But what's more intriguing to me is really the, the disappointment you're seeing on the top line. Um, while more companies are beating earnings estimates, uh, fewer than half the companies that have reported have actually topped uh, revenue estimates, uh, and many continue to report year-over-year revenue declines, which is, uh, you know, think, essentially a signal of the, you know, the weak aggregate demand we're seeing still around the globe. Weak aggregate demand. Um, the cheaper price of oil, is it still helping? Is it still a headwind or a tailwind? Where's oil taking us at this point? Yeah, it's really, that's a perplexing question. I mean, it should uh, ultimately help things along, and yet we're not seeing that uh, uh, show up in the data yet. You know, it hasn't been that, uh, you know, a so-called flow-through effect, really, where you're seeing the pickup, uh, strong pickup in consumer spending that's being produced by these, by the savings that are gained through lower uh, gas prices. Um, it may come still. I mean, and I think that that's in part why the market is showing some resilience here, because it continues to, uh, favor that six-month time horizon, which, you know, it continues to believe is going to be better than what it sees today. And part of that is because of the expected flow-through effect of lower gas prices and rising levels of employment. Um, but again, it's, you know, it's not showing up in the here and now in the data, um, and, um, and that continues to be, you know, somewhat perplexing uh, as to what's going on there. But you're still seeing consumers show a propensity uh, to save money, actually, rather than spend it willingly. We're moving into an election year, and there was a headline out there saying Hillary Clinton wants to topple the 1%, and she thanked Elizabeth Warren for making her more left on the Wall Street banks. Any thoughts on how 2016, because we're already almost halfway through 2015, which is weird to say out loud, anything that we should be looking forward to in 2016, especially with the uh, the populist vote, per se? Well, uh, admittedly, you know, hard to say. I mean, we don't really know yet who the actual candidates are going to be on either the Republican side or the Democratic side, and I think we need to let that take shape before you can really go out on a limb and start uh, thinking how, you know, 2016 is going to play out relative to the political landscape. Um, You know, we do know that a change is coming, you know, by way of our Constitution it has to come. So um, and the question is, you know, will we ultimately – have a Republican in the White House with a Republican-controlled Congress, um, or will we continue to have the split that we have uh, today, uh, which, um, you know, has been good and bad um, in a number of respects. So, um, so I'm not uh, 
out there just yet, looking at uh, the impact of the political scene on the stock market in 2016. But that will round into form here probably, you know, as we move into uh, into the latter half of the year in terms of how I'm I'm going to be looking at things. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com, Chief Market Strategist. Um, what's the strategy going to be when Greece has to face the music? Because it seems inevitable that they're going to fail on their budget, and it seems inevitable that Germany's going to you know, continue to stand firm and, and demand that they participate in cut, cut, cut. Uh, will the headline risk be more than the actual risk? Gosh, that's a really hard question, Rob, and I wish I had a, a real good answer for you. I mean, I think that uh, I don't want to, again, sound like a total killjoy, but, uh, you know, as we kind of harken back to sort of, you know, people thought uh, letting Lehman go under, you know, could be sort of a contained crisis, if you will, and that ultimately snowballed, and and, uh, and a lot of cockroaches came out of the corners, um, and we had a really bad situation because of it. The narrative right now is that the market believes that Greece can – you know, essentially uh, default and if not exit the eurozone, um, and still everything is going to be sort of okay. Um, it's it's really hard to believe that, frankly, um, because there's so much uh, tied up within that currency union about the success of it um, over the longer term. And this is really going to rock the boat, I think, if we get to a point where the, quote, worst-case scenario, which has not been allowed to unfold for many years now, does in fact unfold because it'll be a new dynamic that the market's going to have to deal with. Larry Fink, he's the CEO of BlackRock, said something I thought pretty fascinating on Bloomberg the other day. He referred to, he said, contemporary art and luxury apartments are the new gold. I've never really liked gold because I'm a Generation Xer and I kind of hide behind that, that it doesn't have a job, that it's not gold 2.0, that it's not the hedge that it used to be, that a lot of simple investors see a commercial on Fox, get scared and buy gold and pay up a huge markup. What do you think about Larry Fink's contemporary art and luxury apartments of the new gold? Because I, I get it. Yeah, you know, I, I get it too. And I think it just reflects just how uh, far out the uh, the yield-seeking curve people are forced to go. Um, to, you know, um, they're looking at stocks now that are kind of like the upper bounds of valuations and not really liking it, but they're almost – having to go there if they don't go to these alternative investments because yields on fixed income securities are so low. And uh, and I think when you get people chasing um, those alternative assets, um, you get that misallocation of capital people talk about um, that comes back to bite people. So um, the fact that there's a lot of interest in those alternative assets right now is another worrisome sign here as we're sitting uh, up near these all-time highs and uh, the market continues to look past you know bad news. Gotcha. Thank you very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. It's a great source for U.S. and international investment insights into the markets and economies.
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I recently had tickets for, um, I got tickets for Book of Mormon uh, in San Francisco. Try to guess how much a Friday night set of tickets were. $400. No way. I can't imagine people could afford that. Oh my God. I know I live in one of the more... (laughs) I, I live in a more affluent part of the world. I know that. And I know the jobs here are pretty crazy good. But there's almost nothing worth $400 for a date. Date night. That I can imagine. If you haven't saved enough for retirement. When I go to Sharks games or Giants games, I look around and I see a lot of people who are ill-prepared for retirement. Then maybe the theater is a little bit different, but it just makes it makes me scratch my head and go, like, what are, what are people going to do? I think it's going to be really, really ugly out there, and that's the one of the reasons I do this show. I mean, let's be honest, I'm not uh, the nicest guy in the world, and this is a great venue for me to appear to be nice, and that makes me feel good and you know, strokes my ego a little bit. But one-third of workers have almost no retirement savings. 28% of Americans who work have less than $1,000 tied towards retirement. 57% say that they have less than $25,000. $25,000 is nothing. That's, you know, poverty level in the United States. You know, the year you stop working. A lot of people want to continue to work in later in life, but to be honest with you, that's going to be more and more difficult. Younger, smarter, faster will take your jobs, and employers don't want the old person. Cost more on health care. 50% of retirees left the workforce earlier than they planned. 60% left because of health or disability reasons. So working as long as you can, it sounds great. You better do everything you can to stay healthy. 27% of retirees are retired because of a downsizing or a closure at their company. I've got a friend, her parents, her dad was the worker, and at roughly age 58, he was downsized. He decided he wasn't going to go back to work, that he was just going to hang out, live off some savings for a couple of years until he gets to retirement, until he gets to uh, Social Security. People keep saying, I'm not saving, so I'll plan on retiring much later, but you may not have options. I just went through the numbers. 27% of people who want to work longer are downsized, 60% you know, have to leave the workforce because of their health. Um, About two-thirds of workers admit that they feel they are behind schedule when it comes to planning and saving for retirement. Two-thirds. Debt is a big issue for retirees. About half of workers, 51%, and a third of retirees, roughly 31%, indicate they have a problem with their level of debt, including mortgages, credit cards, and car loans. So you need to start saving today, otherwise it's going to get ugly. Social Security is not going to replace your income. It may replace 20% of your income in a best-case scenario. Let's go to a caller. I didn't quite catch the name. Who do we got? Rich. Rich. Right. How are you? Uh, as a strategy, though, wouldn't it be to retire early and then continue working if you just said that this is good to give you enough money anyway? I'm not quite following you. Say it one more time. If one were to retire early at 62, and they will continue to work because probably a lot of people would abandon a good number of people that uh-huh. still like to continue working, they could uh, work and then they could control 
and get the Social Security at the same time. Well, yeah, I would. It depends on your individual situation, Rich. But you know, if you want to work till age seventy, I think that's great. Um, the longer you wait taking your payments, the more you'll get in Social Security. And you could do something called file and suspend that CFP Chad Burton talks about on his show regularly at noon on the station. Um, the only thing about retiring before 62, just make sure you have health care uh, because you don't get Medicare, Medicaid until 62-ish. Um, so that's one thing to think about. Thanks for calling. Um, hmm. And also, they have changed some of the rules on retirement age, of which I think that's going to change again for people who are 30. This is a telling stat. CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial, they don't factor in Social Security for people under 40. They don't think it's going to be there, or it's going to be so insignificant, or you're going to have to work till 70 in order to get it. Now, you can get it at 62-ish and get less than, your, than you deserve. You can get it at 70 and get more than you deserve. Maximum benefit for the spouse is 50% of the benefit the worker would receive at full retirement. Percent reduction for the spouse should be applied to the automatic 50% reduction. Um, so don't go, don't go out early. Go out as late as you can, in my opinion. And I didn't really quite hear Rich well. I don't know if it was his voice or his phone, but if I didn't answer your question, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Rob at robblackshow.com. I like looking for bargain stocks. I like to look for companies that have underperformed for whatever reason. Um, I think Green Mountain Coffee, maker of the Cure Green Mountain, um, they're well off their high, but I think more and more Americans are going to go to Keurig, even though their K-cups are horrible for the environment. Uh, the single-serving coffee brewers are down roughly 29% from their high. Um, I think that stock can go higher. So... Um, Michael Coors has really fallen out of favor, and Coors is a high-end designer. It's, I still want to do a little bit of work, but it looks very attractive. So I'm not pulling the trigger on that one yet. I'm going to be talking about this and more at the upcoming event this weekend, seminar and events, uh, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Preservation, Retirement Planning. Uh, that's going to be from 1 to 4 at 4 points by Sheraton San Jose Airport. It's five bucks if you sign up. Parking's free. Also, uh, you can do that at robblack.com. Earlier in the day, from nine to noon, I'm going to be waking you up with little eggs and bakey, wakey wakey. Uh, four points by Sheraton San Jose. Money 101. It's an in-depth session on what you need to know to get towards retirement. I'm going to talk to you soon. Hope you're well. Take care. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.